Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Today, for the last episode of 2019, for the first season of our uh, of our program here, we've got uh, a special guest on the line. This is uh, Randy Melvin. Randy is one of our branches uh, from Buffalo, North Dakota. And what makes uh, Randy a little bit uh, uh, extra special is we're going to get his ideas on uh, farming in North Dakota because he also runs his, uh, his family farm. So welcome to the program, Randy. Hey, thanks for having me. Good afternoon. So, Randy, uh, we've been talking, uh, uh, obviously, the USDA is showing us that North Dakota is 43% harvested for corn right now. And uh, from, you know, talking to you earlier this, uh, this morning, you have how much snow on the ground right now? So after Thanksgiving till now, we're anywhere from 10 to 20 inches of snow on the ground. Um, so kind of the last couple of weeks here. And so with it is farmers were hoping that we'd freeze up the ground before we got snow, but that the snow is kind of insulating it right now. So it's, it's still presenting some challenges even into December. So with with that uh, snow being uh, insulating the ground, it's uh, you know even if it uh, even melts off here, it's it's just going to be a mess. Uh, so what run your family farm? What's the plan uh, uh, with this? Where do you go from here with uh, with the crop that's still in the field? Yeah, and and this is a challenge for a lot of producers in not just North Dakota. You got Northern South Dakota, Northwestern Minnesota, that are facing a lot of similar issues as many producers in North Dakota. So with it, you know, it ranges from, some have been fighting through it, trying to get the corn off. Others are just waiting for the ground conditions to get better and also the crop conditions. Um, you know, some people are just gonna wait till February, March and see what happens as far as let this corn naturally dry down, corn improve in quality, and then hopefully get the opportunity to get this corn off. But you're battling, you're battling something else as well, where uh, the corn is not uh, even remotely. Uh, the test weights are are low. Um, what you know, we when we talked about this earlier, I mean, I've heard worst worst uh, uh, test weights that I've heard just from the Midwest here is somewhere around fifty one percent. But you guys are well under that, correct? Yeah, I mean, in our area, you know, there's some small pockets that are 53 to 55 more in the southern part of North Dakota. But for the most part, from the producers that I've been visiting with, um, if you had to put an average on it, it would probably capture about 70% of the state, I would guess in my best estimation. Um, 46 to 51 pound test weight would capture a lot of producers. And with it, you know, we have 110 shuttle loaders that are setting minimum standards at, at 50 pounds because a lot of that corn goes Pacific Northwest export market and with their standards, they just can't um, ship it out when it gets down below 50 pounds. And the ethanol plants have been a saving grace for a lot of producers, but even some of the ethanol plants have set a minimum test weight standard of 48 pounds. And so it's been a challenge between that and then some of the quality issues with the FM discounts are up and there's some FM issues in certain areas too where producers are having anywhere from 20 to 20 cents a bushel to a dollar a bushel discount just for FM. Now, Randy, with uh, uh, you mentioned that uh, there are some farmers that are uh, planning to 
uh, to wait until uh, say very late uh, winter or uh, or this uh, even this spring to uh, to harvest. What are the implications on that when it comes to uh, to insurance? Uh, is, is there a way to extend your insurance uh, past this uh, this cutoff that we had uh, just a couple of days ago? And that's a great question. That has been a question that that we've been visiting with producers for the last uh, three weeks with. And you know, December 10th was the final harvest date. Um, producers had to put, file the loss, um, the notice with their agents, and we're still waiting to hear um, if RMA is going to extend the final harvest date or how the adjusters and the AIPs are going to work through this. But you know, with it right now, that was the first step is you had to file that notice with their agent, and you know whether they have coverage to the winter or not is still up in the air. And just to go a diff different way with this, uh, knowing how the beginning of the season went with prevent and everything and where you're sitting with quality and yields and everything, what percent of a normal crop do you think is actually out there? I'm going to say, in, so last week I was visiting quite a few producers from all over the state. And, you know, you get areas where they're, you know, probably 20, 30% below their normal averages. Some areas are right at, there's a few pockets above, but I'm, I'm going to say if I had to choose right now, you're probably looking at about a, a 10 to 20% um, below last year from a lot of producers I visited with as far as production. But the thing, the wild card in this is by letting it stand over winter, you are going to lose some production. Mm -hmm. Now, it just depends on what we get for weather from December here through February, March, April, and depending on how much corn is out there, with how much that loss will be. Um, in the, so we have gone through this once before personally, leaving corn stand out through winter. Um, we only lost five to 10 bushels per acre that winter. But right now, as we ran the numbers, I could still lose 20 to 30 bushels an acre and still break, still be net dollars ahead versus harvesting it in November when we ran the numbers and the calculations. And how did you run those calculations? What we're looking at is is looking at kind of what it costs us to dry the corn, our test weight discounts, the FM discounts, what we're seeing for that. And, you know, each producer has to sit back and run those numbers with what you're seeing from either pulling the field and testing it, hand shelling it, whatever me method the producer wants to look at, and then just kind of figuring out those costs per acre and what you feel you have for production out there. And, and um, you know, when you get done looking at it, you know, does it doesn't make sense to harvest or not. And that was a question well, that a lot of producers. Well, I was going to ask you uh, here, Randy, is with the when we were talking earlier, you had mentioned something I thought was really interesting, and I I didn't know this was possible, but uh, um, when you when you ran into this uh, situation, uh, you said I think back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, correct? Yes, that's you correct. Said, you said that you uh, you had lower test weights uh, that year, and. Uh, just in leaving it in the field, you were able to pick up uh, about uh, four or five pounds of, of test weight. Can you uh, can you explain how that uh, how that works or how that worked at that time? Yeah, yeah. So just to, don't want to bore you too much of the details, but in 2009, um, right before Christmas, we're harvesting corn at around 24, 25 percent moisture, 48, 49 pound test weight, and we had a blizzard. We got shut down. We did not start harvest again until April 2010, 
And when we start again, we're at 17% moisture and 53 to 55 pound test weight. And as that corn sits and naturally dries down, that corn plant is still trying to fully mature, it's still sucking up nutrients. Um, and so with it, by the time we got back out there, we had a lot better quality corn in the spring than what we had in November, December of 2009. Now looking forward to spring of 2020, you know, I feel pretty comfortable that we're going to gain two to four pounds. I don't know that we'll see as big of a jump as we did in spring of 2010. But even if we got the two to four pound test weight increase, um, this market really needs that in North Dakota to help have better quality product to blend off with some of these lower test weight bushels that haven't harvested. What is this going to do for next year's crop? Uh, since you have it laying on the field still, what's what's the plans for going forward? Yeah, and then you know going forward, you know we've of course everybody knows the situation of how wet you know the northern corn belt, northern plains is, like many areas of the country. But the thing about it, it's all going to hinge on what we have for weather coming through till March and especially April and May. Um, if we have above normal precip, the chance for preventive plant acres going up is is going to be substantially higher than what I that we're what we're predicting right now. Now if we can have some normal type weather a little bit below normal precept, I feel pretty comfortable with that we'll get this corn crop harvested and have a reasonable chance of getting a, a crop planted in 2020. It will be most likely delayed, but I do think that do believe that we'll have an opportunity to get something planted. Now with a uh, with a delay in uh, in planting if if there really is because you let's say you get a, a pretty heavy snow winter uh, or let's say the the rains do come in in the spring um is is your area up there going to be uh more apt to uh stick with planting corn later or are they going to uh, to have a standard rotation where uh they're planting wheat and they're planting uh, they're planting soybeans or what uh, what's your thoughts as far as uh, the mix of uh, of crops that go in next uh, next spring yeah and that's really a, a great question because in north Dakota there's so many flexibilities on the difference of crops that you can raise There's producers that a lot of times will have seven or different crops on their operations and in most most farms have two to three you know some are corn and soybeans some corn, soybeans, and wheat. Others dabble into some other specialty commodities. But the thing about it is, is it's really going to be a moving target. A lot's going to depict on moisture and, you know, you know, market opportunities. But I, I do believe that the corn acres in North Dakota, I think, will stay steady. Um, the one thing that may change is if we get beyond May 25th, um, you know, producers are probably going to look a little bit closer at how late do they want to plant corn. Um, and probably have to look at some of the weather outlooks, what we have for a weather for the growing season. But, uh, you know, some of this June planted corn in North Dakota, you know, has presented some extra challenges this year. Now, let's uh, let's kind of sh uh, shift gears here a little, little bit, uh, Randy. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you are in our Buffalo uh, branch for, uh, uh, for Allendale here brokerage. And uh, when you talk to your, uh, to your clients uh, that have, corn still in the field, probably, you know, will have corn in the field for the next four, maybe five months. Um, what are you talking to them about as far as how do they market that? As uh, are, they, are they buying 
uh, puts? Are they uh, selling uh, futures? Are they doing anything to protect uh, that corn, I guess, that's in free storage at this point? Yeah, you know, and that's that's the great question. And yes, you know, we are having the conversations, you know, what's the market allowing for us and looking at it. I think the big key up here is is trying to figure out, you know, as far as basis opportunities, because with the ethanol plants and soy 110 shuttle loaders, you know, keying on that because the basis is the one thing that they can't control. And so seeing where the opportunities are there, uh, right now, you know, it's um, so it's they're just looking at the sales that they've already made. Uh, if they don't have corn harvested, looking at rolling those sales out if they can, or trying to figure out to get enough harvested to cover the contracts that they have sold. And then um, looking at, you know, opportunities going out when they can market what they do not have either protected or sold. No, um, you mentioned that, uh, you know, ethanol uh, plants are, are, you know, are looking for, for corn, higher test weight corn, uh, if they can get it. Um, we've been hearing all, I guess, all spring and summer and even this fall that the corn crop's not out there. What are you hearing from uh, from your clients uh, up in in North Dakota and and the the western part of uh, Minnesota and maybe northern uh, South Dakota as far as uh, is there a lot uh, in on farm storage right now? Are guys just hanging on to it or or what's the uh, what's the mentality up there? Yeah, and, and with as far as last year's crop for on farm storage, you know a lot of people I visit with there's not a lot of on-farm storage of, of 18 corn crop. Most of it has been moved, maybe a few bushels, but a small percentage. And right now, um, most producers, if they haven't harvested corn, they got their beans in the bin, um, looking for opportunities to move their beans. Or if the wheat, you know, with the quality issues in the wheat, the wheat has probably took the place of corn of, of bin space. And so with it right now, you know, it's just looking for opportunities to move some of the spring wheat um, basis has been improving for a little bit for milling quality wheat. So it's some opportunities there, depending on the quality of your spring wheat. And then um, there's been some basis opportunities on, on soybeans also, um, as far as improving a little bit. So there's opportunities for the producers, but as far as carryover grain, there's not much left on hand. And with the uh, with you being up in uh, up in North Dakota and and us being down here in in, in Illinois, um, you know we don't get to see this stuff on a, on a regular basis. And the fact that you're out there, you know, running the farm and and uh, uh, talking to clients and, and all that, what are what are the some of the things that are uh, that we aren't realizing about uh, what's going on up in uh, up in North Dakota, either with uh, uh, with marketing issues or uh, or actually uh, just uh, the overall health of the uh, of the the ground out there. Yeah, and you know the the big challenge when you talk about you know from a production standpoint, you know as far as the ground conditions, with the bean harvest coming off, I mean there's a lot of of compaction in these fields, and there's a lot of challenges that a producer will be facing in 2020 without the right weather conditions that could limit our, our yield potential for the crop next year. Um, some of these fields have a lot of ruts in them, and they're just not a lot of tillage was done to help eliminate some of that those compaction issues. So there's going to be a, a different set of challenges um, in 2020 that may be worse than what we faced in 2019, spring for getting that crop planted. 
All right, perfect, Randy. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, and and we appreciate you taking the time to uh, to jump on. What to, uh, what we'd like to do is is have you come back and uh, and chat with us as we get closer to uh, to spring, and kind of give us an update as to to what it looks like out there for for you and your clients, uh, uh, letting us know, you know, hey, uh, did we have uh, quite a bit of snow or, or rain to uh, to kind of push things back even further? So definitely uh, appreciate all your all your help. And your knowledge on this uh, on this situation out there yeah and i just hope that next time in the spring when we visit about this issue that we can say we're done harvesting but i am nervous that their corn harvest may last into early summer if the weather conditions aren't um, completely ideal yeah definitely we'll be hoping for the best but today for allendale market uh, market talk mike lung greg mcbride and randy melvin you guys have a great week